Previously on At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz. Call me wacky. I'm saying TV show. And I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> wow. And I'm agreeing with you. At The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Chaney, and Lou Katz begins now. Once again, this is Lou Katz welcoming you to our podcast that does its best to inform you on the ever-changing world of entertainment. And please, without any delay, welcome from WTOP Radio and Vulture, Jen Chaney. Hi, everybody. And joining us is our guest critic from Gold Derby and RogerEbert.com, Susan Wazina. Hi, Susan. Hi, Lou. Hi, everyone. <laughs> and rounding out our crew, longtime entertainment critic and reporter and the only human being strong enough to actually hold the Times Square dropping ball in his bare hands, the one, the only, yes. you love him, Arch Campbell. Yeah, the New Year's ball isn't the only thing dropping on me. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another story. Susan Wazena, welcome to our podcast. I always love when you're on here from Gold Derby and Jen Cheney, the font of information and always interesting to talk to. And this is our end of the year show, such as it is. Are we glad this year is ending? Uh, and yeah. I think it, <laughs> yeah, that goes without saying. I think it's a good time to look back at what we liked on TV and what we liked at the movies. And um, before we get started, I was thinking of, an idea the other day, which was a few years ago, say a decade ago, I would say the best of entertainment broke down into about uh, one third television or cable and two thirds movies. And then more recently, I would say the best of entertainment broke down into half on streaming services and the other half in theaters. And now that uh, the virus has changed the theatrical world, I think it's like 10% movies or maybe a third movies and two thirds television. Where do we think the creative work is given uh, the way our world has changed? Uh, I mean, I think there's still creative work being done in both mediums. And I think as TV has exploded, there has been, opportunities for more more different voices to be represented and and I think a little bit more creativity there. And I think that's been the case for a while. I don't think the pandemic has has changed that at all. It's just made us be consuming all of that from home more so than we used to be. TV has been great for a long, long time. <laughs> um, and I and I and I and I think movies still are too. I I, I don't know. I guess I just I I there's some reason that we still have this conversation about like pitting the two against each other. And I just don't, I don't see the reason to do that. Uh, well, it's, it's hard to tell sometimes, you know, they have a category limited, well, movies when in the Emmys. So that show on TV, like bad education or something. So it's sort of confusing <laughs> now what, I don't know how they set the rules anymore. I mean, it's, this is might be boring, but, you know, if something is a one-off thing like bad education, you know, why can't it be a Oscar contender? But I guess it's up to HBO or whoever to figure out what they're doing. I don't know. Right. Well, uh, having not uh, straightened that out, let's move <laughs> forward. Sorry, I brought it up. <laughs> it's no, just confusing sorry, to me, but yeah. <laughs> 
Well, but I agree with you, Jen. I think there's a lot of good material out there. So uh, let's dive in and talk about what we liked on TV this year. Well, I, I mean, I have a top 10 list that was already published at Vulture a week or two ago. Uh, and I won't go through the whole top 10 because you can go to Vulture and read it. Um, ah. uh, but uh, I will go through my top five. I had at number five, Pen15 on Hulu, nah. <laughs> which is yes. um, in its second season. <laughs> this is the series where uh, Maya Erskine and Anna Conkle play themselves at age 13, even though they are in their 30s now. And as weird as that sounds as a premise, it actually works really beautifully. It's a funny and and poignant coming of age series that I like a lot. My number four, which won't surprise anyone who has heard me on the show before, is uh, BoJack Horseman, which ended. Yeah, um, yeah. It's it's run at the very beginning of this year, and I just think is one of the most exceptional animated shows that's ever been made, and and it ended, you know, in great form. My number three um, is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, the, uh, mm. the docu series about. Yeah. Uh, Michelle McNamara and uh, her life, but also specifically her work on uh, helping track down who the Golden State Killer was. My number two is Unorthodox, a Netflix series, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. limited series about a woman living in a very ultra-Orthodox Jewish community in Brooklyn and then trying to escape from it. It's a really beautiful series. And my number one is um, I May Destroy You. The, the HBO show oh, with Michaela wow. Cole about a woman who is sexually assaulted, but she she had her, somebody put something in her drink, so she can't remember. She blacked out. And a lot of the series is about her trying to figure out what actually happened, but it's also about suppressed memory. And it just looks at that from all kinds of different angles and is really, really well done and has an exceptional finale to it. How did last night end? Flashbacks. Yeah, I see him a bit. My friend is stressed. Listen to her talk, make her feel good. So that's my list. Wow, Susan? I would say number five for me was the Comey method because Brendan Gleeson was just terrific as Mm -hmm. Trump. Like, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. It's a very hard thing to do. (laughs) And that kept me watching. And uh, that was like a two-part kind of thing. And what surprised me was I, I wanted to give Apple Plus another look because I, I don't think some of their stuff isn't as strong as other streaming sites. But I did like Ted Lasso. I was very charmed by it. And it, it gave, me, mm-hmm. gave me joy, as Marie Kondo would say. <laughs> that show was a real breakout. A lot of people responded to it the same way because it just was so uplifting. Because I never thought much of Jason Sudeikis, but he was very good in it. And I'm also an Anglophile. So, you know, it was a <laughs> nice little <laughs> mix there. And I'm with you with Unorthodox. I, I just mm. loved it. And the fact it was four episodes, like sometimes you just need to know when to stop with <laughs> something. Mm-hmm. And I think they did. And I really like the Queen's Gambit, and I know I'm not alone in that. And The Crown, which I enjoyed very much. Gillian Anderson made such a great Margaret Thatcher. There are ways of Britain being great again, and that is through a revitalized economy, not through association with unreliable tribal leaders in eccentric costumes. But isn't that all I am, Prime Minister? 
a tribal leader in eccentric costume. Well, it's interesting. I agreed with uh, both of you on, particularly on unorthodox. I think that might be my number one. You escaped, didn't you? You make it sound like I was in prison, weren't you? No, but I left without telling anyone. Why did you leave? God expected too much of me. And uh, the Queen's Gambit, uh, once I started watching it, I couldn't stop. And I'm a big fan of Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, her work anyway. And uh, I thought that was just excellent on Netflix. And this season of The Crown was not only Gillian Anderson, who uh, stole the show, and not only the young actress who played uh, Princess Diana, but that great episode about the actual event of the guy who broke into uh, Buckingham Palace and wound up in the Queen's bedroom. That was just, that was terrific. The only, I would like to add uh, Mrs. America to uh, a list of really uh, fabulous work with Kate Blanchett as Phyllis Shafley and uh, the drive of that woman and the, the uh, issue of the anti-ERA, something uh, that's been overlooked. Uh, and that, that uh, piece of history was uh, terrific to, uh, to see again. And then uh, to round out my top five, uh, I threw in uh, the third season of Ozark, which uh, I think uh, soared above uh, the other two seasons, uh, particularly the uh, Plot line about uh, Wendy's brother being bipolar. That uh, actor is Tom Pelfrey. And uh, the excellent Julia Garner as Ruth. And she's going to come up uh, again in some other stuff. Uh, so I think we're together. You know, there's so many good series out now. Better Call Saul and The Undoing and Dead to Me and Succession and... Uh, it's uh, there's there's a lot to choose from, but we seem to agree on Queen's Gambit, The Crown, and Unorthodox. Yeah, I had the Queen's Gambit in my top ten, just not in my top five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and Mrs. America, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you were uh, hot on that. Mm -hmm. So, what do we think of this uh, year in television? I mean, I think it was a it was a strong year. You know, it was a year that you know, we would have had what, like 550 something shows. And because of the pandemic, we on, only had 300 and something. So uh, th there was this- You watched them all? Is that your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I tried, but I couldn't quite make it happen. Um, you know, there was this expectation that we kept talking about once, you know, production slowed down that th we're gonna reach a point where there's just not gonna be as much to write about because mm -hmm. The pipeline will dry up. It never really drew, dried up. Like there was not there was not one day where I was like, "Gosh, what am I going to do? I guess I should just uh, take the day off because there's nothing to watch or write about." Like that just didn't happen. Which is not to say that everything out there was good. There was certainly a lot of stuff that was mediocre, and some stuff that was terrible. But it, even even with a slight decrease in the number of shows, it still felt like there was more than we could handle. I did notice uh, like uh, some of the network series are beginning to come back with uh, characters wearing masks. I guess I guess that's okay. I guess that's inevitable. The other thing I, I read that is sticking with me is that uh, uh, the virus uh, hasn't really changed our world. It's just speeded up what was already happening. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
the burst of TV has certainly been uh, going on for some time. Susan, any thoughts? I, it's funny because network TV to me in my life, I don't know if I've ever watched anything on network, you know, like an ongoing series lately because mm -hmm. they just don't seem to it's, have that punch to it that they are allowed to get when they're streaming and they can use curse words and all that stuff. So <laughs> it's and it tackle different issues too. So I'm sure there are some that are, you know, perfectly fine, but it just seems it's been overshadowed now by what the streaming sites are doing. That network is struggling. I think um, my colleague Joe Adalian is more in touch with what the ratings are, but he keeps reporting like, it's bad guys, it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> And, and in terms of like, uh, I was just thinking when you said that, Susan, the network show that I've like really felt strongly about, I think the last one and it ended this year was The Good Place. You know, there hasn't been, I mean, I've been watching Big Sky and it's not good and I keep watching it and I'm not sure why, but yeah, there, especially lately, I mean, they had to do a lot of um, plugging of holes with whatever they, whatever they could find from like Canada and things like that for a little while while they got things up and running again. So it's, it's, it hasn't been uh, certainly a normal fall TV season from that point of view. What I've been doing, and I, I never watched the show when it was on, is I'm binging like crazy on the West Wing now mm. that mm. I just want to get mm. to my head place mm. with you know, normalcy. I mean, you know, it just the fact how many actors, you know, the guest stars, show up and you're like going, I know that person. She was Monk's assistant. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's just an amazing show. And it made me feel good because I just want to stay away from cable news for as long as I can until oh, the end right. and and just savor this. So so shall we move on to, uh, well, Louie, is there anything that really stuck out to you uh, on watching television in the Cats household? Louie is the voice of the people. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, you know, I did, I did make some notes, Arch, about some of the shows that, that did get our interest. And I'm a little surprised amongst the four of us that uh, no one has brought up uh, Joe Exotic and Tiger King yet. <laughs> I stayed away. <laughs> I stayed away from that. I have wanted it's, it's nothing not to do with that. <laughs> I, I, I like so many people across the country did get get swallowed up in the in the hype of it all. So I, I just thought I would mention that one. Another one that really just that just recently came out that really I thought was one of the best documentaries we've ever seen was the Bee Gees. How can you mend a How can you mend a broken heart? I love that too yeah. so much. Yeah. I was into Bee Gees before Saturday Night Fever. I bought I didn't buy Spick and Specs, but the next <laughs> album I bought. So <laughs> um, the Morning Show, we were really into that. I enjoyed that on uh, on Apple Plus. I thought on that was Apple. good. And then on the Undoing, and our favorite was the Queen's Gambit. And I'm not a, I'm not a into chess at all but that really that really just just draw uh, draws both in so that's my list i would just jump in and say that joe exotic proved that uh streaming uh services can be as rotten as network television <laughs> <laughs> oh. and watch for that pardon coming down to joe exotic uh, out of the white house soon. yeah oh my god 
<laughs> so having said that, shall we go on to the best movies of 2020? And before we get into that, uh, how do we qualify this year for movies? Is it a year to year, January to December? Or, you know, where are we? Well, there's, you know, the Oscars aren't until, you know, April 25th, 24th, whatever, but it's, it's like, it's not over. I mean, we got a whole long period where they'll still be qualifying. And just in past weeks, I've gotten links to stuff that, you know, I had to change my list because there's still good mm -hmm. stuff coming out there. Right. I mean, I, I, I made a list, but I feel like it doesn't really count because there's right. stuff I haven't yeah. seen yet that technically is this year. And, and, and then some things I missed from earlier in the year that I need to catch up with. So it, it feels mm -hmm. very unofficial to me. Not that my lists are ever official, but. <laughs> they're official to us. They're, they're printed I, somewhere, I, it's official. <laughs> since we're uh, giving plugs and being nice and it's the end of the year, I do want to say that uh, I really am enjoying your work, Jen, on Vulture. And I would just uh, push for everybody to subscribe to vulture.com to uh, get your stuff. It's uh, really an interesting entertainment website so after you. buttering you up <laughs> what, what what have you liked the movies so far this year yeah so i have a list i didn't really rank this list because i don't know well i kind of did mm -hmm. this i wasn't going to put this on and then i noticed that it's it's now being qualified for the golden globes for comedy or musical so i'm like okay i'll, I'll go with this cheat and that is uh hamilton which uh -huh. was on mm -hmm. Disney Plus this year. That would have been a theatrical release. Um, I believe it was supposed to come out next year and In the Heights was supposed to be this year. But with everything happening, they just decided to put it on Disney Plus. And I had seen Hamilton on stage before at the Kennedy Center, mm -hmm. but I had not seen it with this cast. And I certainly had not seen it in a, in a setting where you could really see the emotions of the actors. And I was just so moved by it in this context that I, I wanted to include that. So Hamilton is on there. I've got <clears throat> Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on there just because I liked the movie, but Chadwick Boseman just blew me away in, in it and uh, his performance. He most certainly will win best actor for that scene, uh, Cursing God. Well, I just thought his whole, I mean, that scene is, is yeah. the highlight, but I thought his whole performance and just the breadth of the performance just, the humor, the charisma, and then the serious drama in those, uh, you know, those other scenes. Like I just, it showed the breadth of his talent. Levy got to be Levy. And he don't need nobody messing with him about the white. You don't know nothing about me. You don't know Levy. You don't know nothing about what kind of blood I got, what kind of heart I got beat here. And the way they open up the movie, I, I've seen the play Ma Rainey and it's kind of constricted and uh, mm -hmm. they, they opened it up uh, they really made it a movie. Yeah, definitely. Then I've got Palm Springs, which was uh, the Andy Samberg yeah. movie that was on Hulu about it's sort of a Groundhog Day theme of uh, the days keep repeating over and over again, which um, felt very relevant to this year since it felt like that was happening <laughs> to all of us. Uh, but I thought they they pulled that kind of premise off and it was it was clever and it was fun. Then I have, <clears throat> excuse me, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, uh, which I saw early in the year. It's a really well-observed indie film about uh, a girl going to New York City to, to get an abortion and just handles that subject matter with, um, you know, clear-eyedness, but also with, I think, 
real sensitivity. And then uh, I've got Boys State, the documentary about the kids who are, are engaging in sort of fake government and what they're learning about politics at this uh, event in, in uh, I believe it was in Austin, Texas. Just the characters that emerged from that movie, I, I just were fascinated by those kids. Um, and it was both inspiring and um, sobering in terms of what you <laughs> took away from it about modern day politics. Susan? Two movies I saw just recently, The Sound of Metal with Riz Ahmad from uh, The Night Of, and it's about mm. a rock drummer who loses, starts losing his hearing, and he has to go through this whole process of trying to live with what his handicap is, and he makes some interesting choices. He goes to this place where they teach people sign language and sort of a community almost. And he has addiction issues and other things. I mean, he's a good guy, but he's just, you know, losing his way. I mean, it would be horrible if you lost your one talent and what you love. And it just, it was very moving and very interesting because again, it, it was very serious. It wasn't like about the music, it was about him and what he's losing. And a lot of us are losing a lot of things right now. So it was uh, something you can not to. And then I just saw a wonderful film with Carrie Mulligan, who I love, called Promising Young Woman. And it's an interesting story about how she kind of entraps men who take advantage of women who get drunk at bars and then they go, oh, I'll just drive you home. <laughs> and she turns, you know, she's always sober, but they think they're going to get their way with her and she, you know, tricks them and you learn the history behind why she's doing this. And uh, she's just very good in it. I mean, she, I was reading an interview in the New York Times. They said she rarely does like modern day movies. She's in, you know, she was in Pride and Prejudice and uh, Far for the Mad and Crowd, but she's quite something in this and it's allowed her to show in a different side of herself. And I like that. And I'm with Ma Rainey's Black Bottom too. I think, you know, Viola Davis should have got a Best Actress Oscar instead of uh, supporting for Fences, but somebody in that year probably you knew they would be the, the appointed one, so they put her in supporting, which was cheating, but that's okay. She deserves it. But I hope she gets the um, Best Actress Oscar, too, because uh, she's just one of our best actresses, I think, out there, and she does an amazing job. But from the silver teeth to the blackened eyes to her chesty chest. It's like she's just out there and in command. So <laughs> I loved her in this movie. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw Minari. Not yet, no. Oh, no, you guys. Not yet, me either. Yeah. yeah, I watched it. And there's already a controversy over it because I just read the story that the stupid Golden Globes who always do tricky things to get <laughs> certain films in, they claim because it was partly in Korean that it's a foreign film. And they they mm. found out, it's IndieWire wrote about it, that, you know, like Inglorious Bastards was in a lot of German, but that still won yeah. their best picture. And the same thing happened with Babel. And so they do things, they cheat. So I don't know why 
they would put that in foreign language because I would think maybe two thirds of it is in English because it's set in America. So, but I'm not going to spoil it for you. It's about a Korean family and they want to move. The, the head of the household wants to move to Arkansas and have a farm. Why? I'm not quite sure, but it's his dream. So, and it's, it's very heartwarming in a way. I mean, it's, it's, and there's a performance by this actress who's the grandmother who just stole my heart. So it's, it's something I think, as somebody said to, you know, support, they said that it's a very American, it's an immigrant family trying (laughs) to start over and get the American dream. And it, it's a beautiful movie. So I hope you guys will see it soon. And I, really, I hear it doesn't release until March. Until March? No. I, I, that's what I thought I saw. Well, maybe. Maybe on know. streaming. Yeah. But, uh, and then One Night in Miami, I love too. And that was Regina mm-hmm. King's um, directorial debut. And she's like a magnet for award. <laughs> winning so uh, but what's nice is in my my lineup and this rarely happens you know i have my top choice is nomadland that was my favorite film all year mm. and i have three i think very competitive films that are directed by women and i think chloe Zhao is gonna win for nomadland and that'll be a nice way to give you know 2020 some credit for being <laughs> out there in a good way yeah it's hard to put together a top 10 list because like i'm saving a place for nomad land even though i haven't seen it and for minari because i've heard so much about it i certainly agree with all of you about ma rainey i just thought that was an extraordinary film and i did think hamilton was extraordinary because it improved on the experience you got in the theater. It really it used film, one medium, to uh, improve on another one stage. I want to throw a couple of extra films just for people to remember. One is The Personal History of David Copperfield with Dev Patel, a uh, playful retelling of Dickens. And, and I have an asterisk on this. It is so beautifully shot and art directed that I don't think a home screen can do it justice, but there you are. And I want to mention a little movie I saw recently on Hulu directed by a woman, The Assistant with Julia Garner. That's great. From uh, uh, Ozarks. Uh, a young woman starting out uh, in a uh, film production company working for highly placed executives. And uh, I had a knot in my stomach the entire time. I thought it was an extraordinary movie. I I don't know if it will get the attention uh, it deserves, but uh, yeah. And you mentioned West Wing. Uh, I want to mention the trial of the Chicago seven. Yeah. Because, again, of Aaron Sorkin's dialogue and Sasha Baron Cohen was uh, so good, uh, along with uh, Frank Langella and Jeremy Strong and uh, recreating that ridiculous trial of the uh, 
uh, late 60s uh, that came out of the uh, Democratic Convention protests in 1968. Did either of you see First Cow? Can you understand or comment on the uh, uh, the love for First Cow? I still haven't seen it. I have a screener for it, like a physical one, and I just... <laughs> just I me think being the title bad. is terrible. I know. <laughs> the title is awful. And I don't know. It's if... very haunting. I loved it. Oh, you did. But I watched it on a home screen, and it is shot. It's eighteen twenty, and two men trying to make their way in the Oregon Territory, and um, uh, you know, you're rooting for them, and they shoot it in the kind of darkness you would experience in eighteen twenty, and I could hardly see it on my screen. So I real, I want to love it. So anyway, I have kind of a wandering top 10 list. Lou, any movies you've heard that we haven't uh, brought up? I'm a little disappointed, folks. I have to tell you, nobody mentioned the Borat movie. Well, <laughs> I, I have it in my, if I had an extended list, it would be there. And in the Borat movie. Maria Bakalova probably gave me the most joy this, yes. <laughs> this season. Yes. So. She was amazing. Well, my list does it certainly includes Hamilton up there at the top. I thought the assistant right. was sort of cute. Um, Hugh Jackman in Bad Education. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, and that was based mm-hmm. on a true story, too, which I was not aware of. Uh, Alice I, and Janie, another West Winger. Yeah. Uh, Alice, <laughs> right. Alice yeah. Wu's the half of it. Uh, we, we both enjoyed that one. And uh, I know you're going to be shocked at this one, but Palm Springs with Andy Samberg. I, I just love Andy so on. That made my list, but that's what, that was some of the things we so, watched for 2020. So I don't know. I think I'm getting the sense that we're still holding some places open for a 10 best because there's so much material to catch up on. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, the, yeah. Did, did so either of you see Pieces of a Woman? <clears throat> not yet. Not that's yet. not what I want to see. Yeah. Well, Shia LaBeouf is her. doing himself no favors. No, like, he's not. You know, but he never has. You know, it's it's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Now, after the FKA Twig story, like, I got my hard copy of that screener and I was like, I want to watch this. I'm like, damn, I forgot Shy is in this. And now I don't want to watch it, which is not fair. I will watch it. But it's it's more than worthwhile. And the woman directed it. So that makes sense. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. (laughs) I I will still watch it. I just. It wasn't a woman. A woman wrote it. It's based on a two act play. Right. Could you yeah. back up and explain what Shia LaBeouf has done now? Because I'm not oh, sure. Oh, some things with women he shouldn't do. So, oh, including oh, Sia. Oh. Did you see that part of it? No, I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Lou, let's take a break for Hound Radio. What is Hound Radio? It's the best breeds of music. Like classic rock. The Movies with Arch Campbell, Jen Cheney, and Lou Katz comes to you from the secret underground bunker studios of the Katz Podcasting System. About movies and television in 2020, it's still a big question mark. Any any prediction for uh, award season for the Oscars? What's going to be the best movie? Jen, what do you think? 
I mean, based on, I still need to watch it, but based on everything yeah. I'm hearing, it seems like Nomadland is is uh, very That's much a front runner. Chadwick Boseman, best actor. I think um, so. Yeah, it's, it's hard for me to imagine someone out doing that performance. Right. So we've got just a second here. Jen, uh, do you have a end of the year flashback and favorite for us? I do, because it would only be appropriate to end 2020 <laughs> on a negative note. What is the worst <laughs> thing... TV show or movie that you watched this year? Wow. Well, wow. I like The Undoing, but it undone did me. I mean, <laughs> only because it was such a build up and, you know, it just, it was beautifully designed and everything and the acting was good. But then at the end, it just went pop. pop yeah, it, it undid itself. <laughs> Yes. I'm going to vote for Joe Exotic. I watched it be partly because everybody said everybody needs to see it. And I just felt like I needed a shower after every episode. And uh, the more time has passed, the more I think I hated it. All right. Well, I didn't like Tiger King either, but clearly none of you saw Hoops, which was an animated series on Netflix about a, a high school basketball coach that it existed just to make very bad juvenile jokes, um, a lot of uh, oh. cursing for no reason. It was just incredibly uninspired, and I can't believe I sat through 10 episodes of it. <laughs> <laughs> Lou, anything you hated? Well, my pick for the worst uh, TV show for 2020 was HBO's Avenue 5, that space show with Hugh Laurie. And I didn't even want to watch it. I was just sort of bumped up against it, but... Yuck. Worst show of the year. Well, uh, I want to thank Susan Wazena for coming with us today, Susan. It's always uh, great fun to uh, hear what you're thinking about. And Anytime Jen, I can I, hear you laugh, Arch, makes my day. <laughs> I do a lot of laughing these days. <laughs> Jen, I want to tell you for the entire year how much uh, I have enjoyed uh talking with you and uh, hearing your thoughts and uh, want to wish you the best for the new year. And Lou, you. you make these shows possible. So thank you for that. We're going to start 2021 correct by taking a couple of weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be back in mid-January, probably around the 10th. Lou, will you wrap us? Yes, we have to do the end of the year show with Old Lang Syne, wishing everybody hopefully a much better, healthier, and happier 2021. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang syne for old lang syne my dear for old lang syne we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old lang syne and here's a hand my trusty friend that gives a hand to thine we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old
Podcasting system.